Millennials are grossly underestimated. Their jobs aren't their whole world. They have options, they have the internet. Job satisfaction and strength of relationships, there ain't no app for that. Education is not a mechanical system, it's a human system. Any kind of work that's on some level predictable, then that's gonna be susceptible to artificial intelligence and, and machine learning. And that job, where you go to a building and you stay there 40 hours, and then you do that again for 40 years and then you retire, that's gone. Technology magnifies our leverage and increases our creativity. Stay hungry, stay foolish. Please wait as your individualized operating system is initiated. This is the Powerful Nonsense Podcast, guiding you through the madness of modern life. Now, here are your hosts, Wayne Ingram and Jem Yildiz. Welcome to possibly the strangest Powerful Nonsense episode we have ever recorded. Um, this is our coronavirus special. <laughs> Oh, COVID-19 up. Well, no, we're not COVID-19 up. Uh, that would be a bit scary. Um, but this is strange for many reasons, um, obviously with the current situation being what it is. Um, but also this is actually the first time that me and Jem have actually ever recorded an episode of this podcast not being in the same room. Um, and it feels amazing. <laughs> <laughs> Why didn't we do this before? Um, the smell, the freshness. The... <laughs> <laughs> um, so we felt that it would be very apropos for us to uh, come back, as we said we would on occasion, to uh, produce a special edition of the Powerful Nonsense podcast. Um, because of everything that's going on, essentially, we've been texting back and forth, sharing articles with each other about uh, the impacts of coronavirus, um, both now and in the future, um, how it's infecting the self-employed, how it's affecting small businesses, how it's affecting individuals on a daily basis, how it's affecting people's mental health, and all of these um, subject areas that we've been talking about for years um, seem to be more important than ever uh, during this whole coronavirus outbreak. Um, so we thought it would just be remiss of us, really, not to uh, record a, a one-off edition of the Powerful Nonsense podcast uh, to those who are still subscribed <laughs> that haven't hit unsubscribe. I'm yet. sure people are bored and they're thinking, you know what, what's that? Powerful Nonsense? Yeah. I've not listened to that one. Yeah, well, yeah, there's a whole back catalogue of uh, hundreds yeah. of episodes um, that you can listen to during all this time when you've got all this spare time going on. Um, but I think probably the best best place to start for us, I think, is talking about uh, how we're doing, where we're at, what's going on in the world of Gem and Wayne, I suppose. Uh, so we'll start with you, Gem, I suppose. Yeah, it's obviously affecting everybody as a small business. We obviously have four stores at the moment and two of them are currently closed and the rest are just doing delivery only. So it has had a massive effect on us. We're doing what we can. And I feel like the the one positive is that everybody's in it together and we're trying to remain optimistic, obviously furloughing staff and um, yeah, just trying to get by. I think for us, it's not about kind of being down on ourselves or, or, or kind of just worrying too much obviously you can read a lot of stuff and it gets you paranoid but I think 
and in these sort of times you've just got to control what you can control and there's no use there's no there's no energy in kind of just being negative and thinking doom and gloom so mm. we as business partners me and rog we're just trying to keep ourselves like positive i think take day by day and understand that like everybody's in this together and um yeah just crack on really and use whatever time there is available to either clean your house or kind of put some <laughs> other things in order <laughs> uh yeah i mean um for for my own side of things um <laughs> i i feel as i was saying to you before we hit record gem i'm actually busier than i think i've ever been partly because i now have a child um <laughs> which needs a lot of care and and time so i don't think necessarily the coronavirus is to blame for me being as busy as i am but uh <laughs> um but um i'm in a very fortunate position where my main source of income um i'm actually able to work from home um and business there is ticking over as normal in fact it's possibly even busier than it would normally be um so i'm very fortunate in that respect um however um as of yesterday i did start to feel the impact from another source of income kind of disappearing from under my feet um due to the coronavirus uh, outbreak um so it's been a bit of a mixed bag for the most part though it's been quite positive i'm i've not been <laughs> Um, in many ways I've been for everything that's been going on in my personal life for the last uh, year, I've been desperate to <laughs> lock myself away for a long period of time and not leave the house so I can spend time with, uh, my daughter. Um, so I've been taking, I was going to say, Wayne, how did, obviously for people who don't know, obviously you're self-employed, mm. um, initially, what was your sort of reaction when you sort of thought, oh shit, because obviously the first sort of announcement was there was no support for self-employed people. Yeah. So, um, from a kind of selfish level, I wasn't too concerned, um, because I knew that the work that I had done in the business that I, um, help with my client, the way I'd set things up there, I knew that both, uh, my client's business could operate as normal, um, to well as normal as possible uh, that shouldn't have a massive impact um, and also I had set things up in a, such a way that I could work from home if I needed to because obviously um, being a freelancer um, I and being a, an actor in particular I could be in a position where I could have to disappear to another country for a month. So I had to set things up with that client so that I could operate remotely. So I knew that, that my work, the work that I do for them on a almost daily basis, wasn't going to be impacted. The concern that I had for um, my client's business was more based on how the general public would react to everything in terms of um, financial stability and, and things like that. Um, so I wasn't too worried in that respect. What I was slightly concerned about, though, because actually my client is self-employed as well, um, I was concerned that if things did take a turn for the worse um, in terms of the public's perception of how things were going and then that started to impact their bottom line, um, how long they could last where they're in a position to actually pay me. Because I don't think that they ever, um, you know, release me, <laughs> shall we say, um, unless they really, really, really had to. So that was the only thing in the back of my mind. But otherwise, I was kind of pretty, I felt pretty safe, actually. 
Um, I think it's a good um, a good way of like what you said there. Obviously, you're saying from an actor perspective in terms of going away uh, to another country. But I think for all businesses right now, especially small businesses or self-employed people, I think um, we, we've spoke about it before how you need to digitize as many elements of your business as possible. Yeah. And I think now is if you if you haven't already, if you didn't listen, if you hadn't thought about these sort of things, there's no really better time while you're locked in to go okay what elements of my business can i take online and as for me as a food business like i saw a lot of um a lot of restaurants scrambling to get be able to do deliveries and takeaways and i think in these sort of times or even just ahead of time you've got to think about the trends of how people's mindsets are shifting are people coming into restaurants as much or are people mm. ordering three four takeaways a week well and so I feel you have to find ways to digitize elements of your business for stuff like this to happen so that you can have control from a distance. Absolutely. And I, I think um, what this has uh, for, for, for the business people out there, I think what this has really highlighted is actually if you don't, if you stay stuck in your ways and you don't um, kind of move with the time, shall we say, um, it does kind of make you incredibly vulnerable for when these sorts of things happen. Um, which, you know, it's all unprecedented stuff. None of us expected it to happen. Um, but at the end of the day, it has happened. And the the businesses that are most vulnerable are the ones that haven't adapted to the times. Because, of course, what, every, what everybody's going to do when, some, when a crisis like this happens is they're going to uh, adjust to what is the easiest thing to do. And the easiest thing to do is to try and carry on as normal through the internet uh, in this day and age. Um, my client that I was just talking about was incredibly uncomfortable when I came on board three years ago um, and started dragging them, kicking and screaming into the 21st century and digitized everything. Like they were still operating from a paper diary when I, when I started and, and the diary is the core of their business. Um, and they really didn't want to use a digital diary. They really wanted to use a paper diary. And I said to them the other day, I said, can you imagine if we were still operating from a paper diary, if I hadn't come in and done the changes that I've made? They were incredibly uncomfortable with the idea that I had set things up in such a way that I could work remotely. And on the occasion, the rare occasions where I had worked remotely, I could sense the discomfort in them then. But again, I said to them, could you imagine if I hadn't put all of that infrastructure in place I mean, it took us two or three weeks. I mean, what are we into? Week three of lockdown? Um, maybe week four? Um, it took us at least two weeks to really adapt to the changes that we'd made. And I'd already put the infrastructure in place. Like it was a lot of work to get everything ticking over to the point where we are now, where we're comfortably working on stuff. Um, so I can only imagine how long it would have taken us to kind of settle into things had that infrastructure not been there. And talking about like working remotely, what's your sort of, what's your opinion on this working from home? Obviously a lot of companies right now, if they haven't furloughed staff, they've got hundreds of staff working from home. Mm. Do you feel this is going to influence how people work going forward? Do you think this is the kind of nudge over the edge so that people start embracing working from home? You've got companies like WeWork super struggling, might even go under. Mm. Um, Obviously everyone thought everyone was all in for this collaborative workplace, but now suddenly everybody's forced to work from home and some people are loving it some people are hating it where do you see it going well yeah i mean this is one of the big topics that we wanted to talk about wasn't it and one of the main reasons that we decided to do this uh, episode of the podcast because we like to look into the future on powerful nonsense um and we like to see how, where things are going and actually 
um i think this coronavirus uh pandemic has um really uh uh what's the word i'm looking for uh no can't think of the word but it's kind of proven sort of like a a what catalyst we've been... to push people forward in a way yeah like it's, it's kind, kind of... of proven what we've already always been saying and sped up the process um and i think one of the main things that we're now going to see once all of this is over um is people working remotely um i think what is it's going to come from both sides i think because business businesses are going to be in a position where if this goes on for a very long period of time, which it very well could do, um, we aren't looking at a vaccination, really. The All estimates are saying 12 to 18 months, um, which means at what point does it become safe to relieve the lockdown? Is it when things slow down or is it when actually um, there's a vaccine? I have vulnerable members of my household, which means I'm anticipating that I'm not going to be leaving my house for 12 months. Um, that's the reality of one of the situations we're looking at. So when businesses, if it does go on for 12 months, let's say, and businesses are suddenly starting to feel the belt tighten, um, they then have a choice. They can either let staff go um, and reduce the productivity of their business, um, or they can... Well, well, risk reducing the productivity of the business because there will be some staff that um, maybe can go. Um, but but let's say the vast majority of workers in a business, you're probably going to be reducing productivity if you, if you let too many people go. Um, then the other choice is that you can recoup expenses elsewhere. And one of the biggest expenses beyond staffing for any business is um, premises. It's the bills, it's the um, business rates, it's the rent, it's all of those things that come with having office space and having um, a a store, an active store. And what we're realizing as business owners is that actually you don't need most of those physical premises to operate as a business. Um, And many of the businesses are currently in a position where they're going, well, hang on, I'm paying rent on a building that we're not using that I'm literally burning money on premises that aren't being used, but my business is still operating. So it will come from both sides. I'm I'm, I'm intrigued. I'm intrigued to see like how um, obviously businesses react to this. Are they going to be like, I guess it comes two ways. Number one, is it the workers from home? Are they going to prove that they can still put in the work from the other side, keep the productivity high, make sure that because i think if, if, a, if a business sees wait a minute everything's still running completely the same yeah. if not maybe smoother there's yeah. less sort of pointless meetings then i feel like um employees are going to kind of like well employers are going to embrace that sort of working from home the other thing is obviously some people like an office space as well like i know my my partner lisa she's saying like to be honest like I like working at home, but it's just not the same. She still gets the work mm. done, but some people like the office environment. But I just wonder if this is going to be enough for um, employers to decide, actually, you know what? Remote could be the way forward. It's just a very, very different way of society. What's going to happen to all this office space around? Mm. And I'm yeah. intrigued to see. Well, this is, this is where I think <clears throat> the other side is going to be because you've got the business side where they're going to be like, obviously the business's priority is to... Uh, sustain or increase the bottom line excuse me Um, so they're going to be trying to uh, be as profitable as they can Um, from the other side you have the employees 
and the subcontractors who um, have been coming into the office. Uh, the younger generation, the more entitled millennials that we so uh, so apparently are, who are now the heroes of society, it would seem, because uh, we know how to operate all this stuff, um, have been gagging to be allowed to work from home for the last five or six years because they know that they can. And they've had bosses that have said, well, no, you can't do that because we need you in the office um, so that we can keep a close eye on you and know that, know that you're working. Um, you will have some companies that are going to try that and pull that fast one when all this is over and say, well, no, you can't work from home, except that argument is going to be completely disarmed because the employees and the subcontractors are going to go, well, I did it for the last three or four months and everything was fine then. So what's the problem now? Um, and there's not really going to be much of an argument that, that the business owners owners can make. Um, but I think this idea of going into the office, um, I mean, people are going a bit batshit insane. And actually, when you listen to uh, freelancers that do work from home normally, it's it's it has its own challenges. It's it's a lot of hard work. It's a lot of discipline, and it is very isolating. Uh, no pun intended. Um, and so, <laughs> I think you obviously I think... have to just find ways to readjust your schedule as well. Like you, mm. I think it's been funny watching uh, Lisa like at the beginning of the week it's like what do i do no control do i dress do i not dress for work uh-huh. do i all those sort of things and i think slowly we had the same thing like we used to say like it's very weird working from home but slowly you find your routines you add your yeah. new structure into working from home and i think what you said there i feel like it might come to the point where most people spend a lot more time at home working but then they'll pop into the office for certain days and have that sort of regroup and then they can go back home because i think a lot of companies as well are thinking about cutting potentially people's staff's pay down for a period of time yes. and i feel like that's also an op- opportunity for the actual employee employees to say well if you're cutting my pay then i don't want to be paying for travel and you yeah. saw that i could work from home and so i feel like it has to be a bit of a give and take and this is an opportunity for those people who do generally want to like have enjoyed this lifestyle have thought you know what i can cook my lunch I can wake up a bit later I'm getting mm-hmm. better sleep I feel happier I haven't got that annoying commute at the end of my day yeah and I feel like this is a time where that could become possible but at the same time it is definitely the responsibility of the employee to prove their worth while they're at home they have oh, to absolutely not, not take their foot off the gear if anything you want to over deliver and overprove that you know what I'm smashing it from home even better than in the office because I'm sleeping better I'm more energetic mm-hmm. I'm going for my afternoon run i'm eating healthier because i'm not going to the local place around the corner that i enjoy but it's not good for me so but the reality of things is as well and and all studies suggest that actually the amount of focused work time that somebody can put in in a day is only about four hours um and yet people are being paid seven hours for seven eight hour days um Mm -hmm. and so the mental energy that you have from working from home um you if you really focus you can be more productive than you could be in the office because you're not going to be interrupted all the time unless you you know you have family and whatnot but you know you can set things up i mean my family are downstairs at the minute playing and they're making a lot of noise but the doors are closed because they know that i'm recording this um and so you can you can set up even then your home working environment you can set some ground rules and things um so that you're not interrupted uh, my girlfriend bless her she regularly provides me with a mug of tea um whilst i'm working um 
and I don't even need to have to go downstairs to to put the kettle on, which is which is great. Um, you know, but it's those little things which mean that you can keep productive and actually probably be more productive than you would be in the office environment. But what I, where I yeah. think we're going to go is I think people are going to miss that office environment. I kind of miss the office environment to a degree. Um, but I think what will happen is rather than having away days like um, businesses often do, um, they'll, I think the reverse will happen. They'll be coming in days um, where... Or I also think that like potentially, look, I know in my local community, there's pubs who do like a business breakfast. There's a cafe coffee mm-hmm. shop that does a coffee morning, you get a croissant and a coffee. And yeah. I feel like if you could create that, sort of network that sort of work environment but it's not the people in your office who you might think you know fuck them i'd rather go see the people who live local to me i'll go up the road sit in a coffee shop i know whoever who sits opposite me we have a chat every now and then that might be enough of the social so that you don't so it's more of a local localized sort of work environment Mm -hmm. rather than having to go one and one hour on a train which is potentially delayed or whatever else yeah Um, i wanted to switch things up slightly wayne yeah sure Um, in terms of like, obviously, we've spoke a lot in the past about our, our minimal viable living. And I can't mm. think of a better time than right now to sort right. of re, re sort of uh, approach that, especially as a as a business owner myself. As soon as we knew these things were happening, in some ways, we had to apply that that kind of toothpick, like looking at in every single detail mm. of our accounts yeah. and saying what money comes out every month regularly, where are we spending the most, do we hold too much stock. So we had to take account for as many of the expenses that were there. It kind of goes back to like essential and non-essential travel. It was more about essential and non-essential spending and how we had to mm-hmm. cut back. And so I just thought it might be very useful for people who are maybe self-employed business owners or just someone who has a job on in terms of financially what they should be looking out for right now in terms of really cutting back their spending. I know you've always been very good with that. And so it might be useful for you to share. Well, it's <laughs> funny because live on very tight budgets at times. <laughs> yeah. It's funny. Cause I was actually about to say, uh, full disclosure, I'm probably, I've probably upped my uh, living costs whilst we've been in isolation. Um, what with things like Disney plus coming out and, you know, um, <laughs> subscriptions and things have uh, have massively increased, actually. But that has there now that I uh, lost the work that I lost yesterday, I'm going to have to reassess that. And 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 you know, a lot of this minimal viable living stuff is about to come back into play after a frivolous month. Um, so uh, I actually have an app that I downloaded uh, a couple of months back, which is actually really really helpful, particularly during um the age that we now live in um it's it's a very simple app it's called subscription um and if you i don't know if it's available on android but it's definitely available on ios and it's a very very simple app you basically put in all the things you're subscribed to the amount that you get charged and the date that it gets charged out of your account it gives you an average spend per month on subscriptions it also gives you a rundown of when the next payment is due um because we live in a world now where everything's subscription based and it gets very, very easy to lose track of things that you're subscribed to. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen, seventeen, eighteen 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18 
subscriptions I have on the go at present. Actually, scared me because when you said that, I was starting to go through my mind like, oh, oh yeah, that's a, oh yeah, that's a subscription. Oh yeah, that's a subscription. Yeah. it's crazy actually to think about. I'm subscribed to 18 different things. Some of those are business. Some of those are pleasure. Uh, things like trade union memberships and and um, for me, like casting websites and things, but equally things like Netflix, Disney Plus, and all that sort of stuff. Very, very simple app. Very, very useful. Makes it very, very easy when you do need to cost cut to go, well, I can unsubscribe from that. I don't need that. I've not used that for the last month. I'll unsubscribe from that. Um, I definitely recommend doing that for, for a start. Um, that has been the basis, really, for much of um, my minimal viable living thinking for recent months and particularly uh, right now. Um, but the thing to bear in mind as well is that um, if you are in a position where you are earning still from like working from home or you're self-employed or whatnot, um, you're probably in a good position where actually you're, you're saving more money than you would have done otherwise. I will say that. I spend on average about 250 quid a month on travel. Um, and that's now not being spent. Um, so you have that buffer. Um, so now, and the way I'm looking at it is now is prime opportunity for me to kind of try and clean up some of those debts that have built up, um, in recent years, whether that be overdrafts, um, and things. So if you are in that position, I definitely recommend like earmarking that money and putting that aside. Um, so equally, if you are, if you are furloughed, for example, and you're only getting your 80%, um, you might find that actually your when you take your travel expenses out, you're probably actually breaking even on what you probably would be earning anyway, I would have thought, because travel is a big expense, particularly if you live in London. Travel is one of people's biggest monthly expenses. Um, so just bear that in mind. Um, but otherwise, it's essentially, I mean, this subscription app is great because, you know, it's essentially your monthly bills. Um so just go through all of your monthly bills and it's a very, very simple process. Just work out what you actually have to pay. Uh, no ifs, no buts. You have to pay it. That'll be your rent. That'll be your electricity bills, things like that. Um, all of these luxury things like Netflix and Disney Plus, don't count them. What do you actually have to pay? And if you don't pay, your world will come crashing down. Um, just take those into account you will probably find that actually you that amount is not all that high compared to actually how much you earn. Um, and, and that's essentially it. You then, when things get tight, you know exactly what you can cut and what you can't cut. Um, but you know at any one point how much you actually need to, uh, to earn in order to actually survive. Um, look at your average like, food shop yeah, costs and things like that. And bring them into account as well yeah i was gonna say like as well like people again it goes back to that forward thinking that forward planning we've i've mentioned a lot of times about having those sort of buckets of, of savings as well mm. obviously like you say not everybody some people got debt some people got overdrafts and stuff like that but in real in reality you need to be kind of protecting that if shit hits the fan not because of some sort of virus but what if you're made redundant or whatever you should try your best to have three to six months worth of sort of run rate yeah in your account say so i know it's easier said than done but that should still always be somebody's goal yeah to kind of be like you know what if shit hits the fan properly i've got something to fall back on yeah one- to be to be clear um i wouldn't although I've, i just said that i want to clear up my debts i wouldn't recommend anybody clear up those debts right now 
No. Um, <laughs> that money that is being that you're saving from not traveling or buying your prep lunch every day at work or whatever, put that aside. Let that money build up. Because if you try and clear your debts now, you're going to massively damage your your balance sheet, shall we say. And so if the shit does hit the fan, you're going to have nothing in reserve. And also at the minute, the interest rates have been have plummeted in order to try and keep things um, afloat. You get your first, I think, 100 pound on your overdraft is it or is it 500 pound i'm not sure depends it depends yeah. oh, there's a certain yeah. amount of your overdraft now has changed so that it's interest free mm-hmm. um essentially so um so don't be in a rush to clear those debts but be working towards having enough to clear those debts when all of this is cleared that's what you should be working towards but don't don't put it back into the debts i would say unless you're in unless your interest charges are re- ridiculous but even then cash flow is important at this point the interest that you'll be paying on a monthly basis is not it shouldn't be you'd be in really big trouble if it is the the payments you're paying should not outweigh the amount that you can save mm-hmm. um and so yeah, then you've, you're already done something wrong if you're in a position <laughs> yeah. where you're literally like i can't pay my debts i'm well overdrawn i'm maxed out on credit cards then you're going to be having strategies of okay i need holidays from these payments and whatever yeah. else but you're already starting from behind anyway but i think yeah. most people are just like what you said like they've, they've worked from home now they're getting the 80 percent fur or they're furloughed on 80 percent they're breaking even now this is an opportunity to be like you know what i'm eating at home most days we're not getting as many takeaways and i can actually cut back one other thing that i think is quite useful it's it's more of a doom and gloom mindset but mm-hmm. i just think it puts everything else into perspective it also it lets you go to one extreme so that you can come back slightly yeah. and i think that is thinking worst case scenario sometimes and going okay well what if everything dried up what if Mm. Like to think like, what if my, I get made redundant after this furlough thing. And I think to have that in mind also gets you creatively planning what you might do in that circumstance. Because I feel like it's also not wise to be naive. Like there is Mm, a recession very likely to come and nobody knows Like my business could pretend where people just say no more takeaways. I don't want to order food. I'm going to eat at home. haven't got the money to spend. I have to think worst case scenario. Yeah. And I have to, constantly and it's not like you're you're doing it to screw yourself over or be in a negative mindset it's sometimes being realistic and actually mm-hmm. it also create makes you be more creative in how you think and i think right now is that right time to really start thinking about what 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 you're going to do if that happens but it also means that when you think you're at home you think oh we can get a takeaway i've saved more money you think you know what but let's just not do as many takeaways you just it just changes the way you think a little bit and i just feel like Again, right now we couldn't talk to everybody's scenario. There's people in big debts already. There's oh, yeah. people who are at home and they're, they're they're just about breaking. Even there's people who furlough is not covering nowhere near what they need to. Yeah, and they've got huge mortgages, and it's a spectrum. But I think everybody should really like go through those transactions, see how they can cut back, and be willing and ready for potentially a worst case scenario. Yeah, because I mean, there's no denying the financial situation with all of this is um, very complex. Um, However, um, I think the writing has been on the wall. And this whole thing, um, uh, every aspect of this coronavirus is 
um, has just essentially sped up the inevitable, I think, on so many aspects of, of society at the minute. Because the writing's been on the wall for a few years that a recession's coming, and, and I think countries around the world have done what they can to try and slow that process down. Um, but it's been coming anyway, and, and I think this has just expedited the recession coming. Um, it's just come in a way that people didn't expect. It wasn't yeah. meant to be that to cause it, but exactly something it was going to happen eventually. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, you, you definitely need to prepare. I, I mean, I think this is, this is the time to start knuckling down as well. If you are a freelancer, if you are self-employed, this is, this is the time now i mean i've been a little bit envious it's kind of uh grass is always greener on the other side right because i've been working as much as i normally would in the in the day job kind of uh with my main client <clears throat> and i've been seeing everybody talking about how much spare time they've got and <laughs> now that they're furloughed they're you know all this free time they can do all the stuff that they've always wanted to do um and i've it's business as normal for me other than the fact I'm sat at home rather than in an office. Um, so I've got other things, you know, the time I'd like to invest in my businesses and, and things that I really want to build at least one of those businesses up. So it's really nicely sustainable. Um, but I actually don't have the spare time to do it. But if you are being furloughed <clears throat> and you've always wanted to freelance um, on certain things, now is a great time to be pushing uh, for that because so far, at least in the short term, um, I don't think that the economy is at crisis level, um, it seems. Um, maybe uh, that's me coming from a privileged, privileged position, but I'm not seeing mass panic from businesses from what I can see. I'm not I hearing of huge amounts of people. I mean, we are obviously hearing people that are losing their jobs and that's horrendous and again i lost a client yesterday um but it doesn't seem to be at the level of an economic crash at this point right now my general opinion on this is fully my opinion is what this whole government three months furlough thing has done is push back the inevitable i do think we're going to see i think huge, we will as well we're going to see a huge drop they're expecting 10 percent up to 10 percent of people unemployed in the uk yeah the economy's could drop up to 35%. I know they are numbers that are like crazy, but then even yeah. if you put that in half, people are going to lose jobs. Yeah. Businesses are going to think twice about overhiring. There's yeah. going to be a lot of like, again, I just think back to when it was 2008. Um, and obviously there was that recession. We was at university, but when we came out, everybody, the thing you were told was like, it's hard to get a job. And I feel yeah. like that psychological mindset is going to come back as soon yeah. as it kicks in. And everyone's going to be like, oh, you shouldn't be spending all... Uh, there's not much money in the economy. Oh, it's really tough to get a job. Is that? It's more the psychological mindset that becomes with a recession. Is that? Yeah. People's minds are like, don't spend too much. Cut back. Don't have a. Don't overhire. Don't like. So everyone's in that mentality of like, close up. And I feel like that is going to happen. I do think people are going to lose oh, yeah. jobs. Hundred percent, they're going to lose jobs. And so I feel like we can't also be so again again i'm not trying to be the negative but we can't be naive about that yeah you've got to have a balanced view haven't you because you because um you for all intents and purposes we know it's coming but it hasn't come yet so now is the perfect opportunity to be opportunistic whilst mm -hmm. you can um <clears throat> i 
have gone on record on the podcast many times saying that I think that 20, uh, sorry, 2008 is one of the most significant years in Western history because it changed the game because that's when e-commerce really started to come into its own. That's where people started to think actually special offers are great. Things like um, Woucher, and things like Groupon that. Groupon and stuff like that. Groupon, yeah. that was the one I was thinking of, not Woucher. Groupon. Um, and things like that really came into their own. Um, and the the um, landscape of business and uh, opportunity changed. And I think, you know, 12 years later, we're at that same point again. Things are massively changing. I actually think probably even greater than in 2008. So how can you be on board with that? I think mm-hmm. is, you know, whether that is as, as, as an employee, whether that is as a freelancer, whether that is as a business owner, or if you've always wanted to start a business, is, are you in a position actually where you could start one and get it off the ground now before shit really starts to struggle? I think people are being really, really innovative. I've got to say the innovation that I'm seeing, um, at the minute is really uh, inspirational and um, fills me with a lot of, a lot of hope. And equally, I'm kind of like, I want in. <laughs> yeah, like even another example, obviously we went through where Toys R Us went under and yeah. then that was because of Amazon who'd come into the game. And then you, I think yesterday or the day before Oasis and Warehouse, the clothing brands who have big stores mm. and I think Debenhams all going into administration. Yeah. And I think this again is an example of, again it's the high streets have been dying and i feel like this is going to be the kick to the high streets because you've got brands like asos and pretty little things and these other brands that are like smashing it online now gymshark smashing it online so it just is a move away again it goes back to it makes sense not to have a shop on the high street that holds your stock when you can have a cheap warehouse in the middle of nowhere and deliver on there so it's these it's being clever with business but like you said like me and me and roger the other day were we were driving home in the van after doing some drop off to brighton and we were just like batting batting back to each other like what could be a number one subscription businesses are booming number two what's an easy product like you need we were saying what could you post through someone's letterbox what could you make as a subscription box and what doesn't go out of date so you can store a lot of them and Mm -hmm. those are three things that we were like just batting to each other and i feel like again we came up in the end we came up with like maybe like uh seeds so you can grow your own stuff in your house like yeah. gardening seeds when online it exists already so it's kind of like you, i think people need to start getting themselves into that sort of creative space and going where is the world heading what kind of problems are we going to see and where where is there an opportunity like i even saw one thing the other day and i, I sent it to roger and he was like that's that's ridiculous some guys created a uh, a keychain it's like right. a key ring that goes on your keys but it allows you to open doors or push doors or push buttons without having to use your hand. So it's just a piece of metal. It allows you to pull a door, push a button, but you don't have to use your hand. So it's, it's basically like an extension of your finger. <laughs> right. And this guy's raised, uh, what it was yesterday was over 100K on Kickstarter. Wow. And I was just like, it's a stupid idea, but the, it's, it's, it's reacting to the time. Right now, people yeah. are scared of touching things and stuff like that. And so it becomes something quite important. And it's this, it's that sort of mentality of like right now there's people out there who are booming. Like there are people who are booming. There's ideas that are booming. Someone's going to come up with something. And so again, there's 
always these times are hugely opportun- opportunistic times as well if you yeah. think creatively and I feel like by posing those sort of questions yourself and going well what of those subscriptions have I kept and why yeah in a way it's kind of reverse engineering but only it comes down to the psychology of people right now and I feel like again people's mindsets right now have not really hit the actual impact of what this is going to be no right haven't. now right now the government are giving you three months to psychologically ease yourself into it and i feel yeah. like that's the right thing to do because if you have a virus and then you disrupt society to a major level you are going to have chaos in the streets and so yeah. i feel like what they've done is go look we need to buy time we need to know how to process this this is going to change a lot of things but we can't have the virus and people shit hit imagine people losing their jobs people Mm -hmm. worried about a virus but all in one go there will be chaos and so i feel like this is your period of ease and i feel like you've bought yourself three months to kind of prepare for what's next like me and roger are in a position where we're like if we lose like box park that's a place where loads of people congregate that ain't gonna open for ages Mm -hmm. what if we lose two of our stores one of us that one of those was one of our best stores we're prepared that our only two stores that we own are the ones that are going to maybe stay delivery only for the next six months, potentially, maybe longer, yeah. only delivery. Yeah. And so we have to like prepare yourself mentally for the worst case scenario. Like maybe it blows over in two months and whatever, like you don't know, but I feel like you have to prepare and you have to be thinking creatively of like what, what's next and what can I do? Is my job in an area that is backwards? Do I work in a store that I know shouldn't really be existing? It's, it's a horrible thing to think and people love to stick with the status quo, but you've got to visualize a world that you believe the, is going to exist in the future and then go, well, am I relevant to that? I think when we used to, I think one of our uh, episodes was on that book average is over yeah i feel like right now mediocrity and average again it's what we've spoke about before but this is the fucking steroids injected straight into this time now and yeah making it run at 100 miles an hour and say okay no that's where we should have got look at the universities they're scrambling for their tutors to be able to make uh, videos online and you've got girls on youtube who are becoming superstar teachers who teach English to primary school and now got 250k subscribers why isn't she going to be the teacher that every school hires and she they buy her online courses and just give them out to their students from home yeah so for me it's just like I look at who is moving in the right direction and who's holding on to the old way of thinking and it's always the same why does Kodak go under it doesn't embrace digital why does yeah. Toys R Us go under? It's got a massive store, but not a very good online presence to sell toys to people efficiently and quickly. And so people have to think like that. Are you doing something that is old? Are you doing it in an old way? And I feel like that is the only way to survive is by becoming innovative, but also having one eye on the future and going, that bit's about to end. Yeah, and 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 that's that's ultimately, I think... Uh, the way you have to look at this now and and without being self-promotory I don't actually think there is a better time to go back through our back catalogue and listen to some of our old episodes because as you said like this is all stuff um, that we've talked about that none of this stuff is new all of this all of this change has been coming for a long time for the last almost decade let's call it the last eight years this stuff has been coming 
and we have gone on record and said like you have to be prepared for all of this change because some people's jobs are no longer going to be needed and all of this stuff is as you said it's like a steroid injection into all of it this this is the catalyst now this is the point of no return as far as i can see because not only is it having an economic impact not only are businesses reassessing things but individuals are reassessing things everybody's off the treadmill and everybody's suddenly going huh why have I been doing things the way I've been doing it for so long? People have got the time to sit and think, you know, when we've been a little bit more, you know, tinfoil hat about things, you know, and the conspiracy theorist about uh, the workplace and the role of the workplace and the role of school and how it's trained people to just um, do what they're told to do, essentially. Now people are in a position where they're not working between the hours of nine and five and then commuting an hour before and an hour after. So from eight till six, maybe even eight till seven in the day, their mind is not actually assessing their life. Their mind is at work. Now people are sat there reassessing their lives and people are going, why have I done things the way I've been doing it for so long when it's made me so miserably unhappy? Um, and so everybody, every single person on the chain of business, on the chain of employment, on the chain of life, shall we say, <laughs> um, every person is now assessing things and looking at things differently and looking at ways that they can do things better, quicker, easier, more effective, more efficiently. Um, and you need to make sure that you're having those conversations with yourself as well. I'm all for using this time to recharge and sitting in front of Netflix and binge watching some TV shows that you've never got around to watching. I'm all for that. Use this time for that as well, because it's a once in a lifetime opportunity to have that sort of time. But I mean, yeah, this is going to be going on for another three weeks, probably at this point, minimum. I'd be prepared for six months at least, to be honest with you, before things really re start to return to normal, maybe even 12. Give yourself that week of binging and then let's start changing our lives for the better, man. Because when is when are you going to get another time where the whole world is going to say to you, don't go to work, just stay at home? Like, when are you going to get, you're never going to get that opportunity again unless another virus like this comes around, heaven forbid. But let's assume that this is a once in a lifetime opportunity to take the ball by the horns. Like, yes, it's yeah, going to be tough. Yes, it's going to be difficult. Yes, it's going to be challenging. Yes, people are going to be worried about money. Yes, people are going to be worried about their health. Yes, you're not going to get to see your loved ones. All of that sort of stuff. It's shit. And it's really shit. And it's hard. And like, we're finding it difficult. Like, my daughter's cousins haven't met her yet because she's been, if I'm, well, I may as well open up about it. My daughter was in hospital for nine months before she got home. We got home just before this lockdown kicked in. Her cousins haven't met her yet because she's been in hospital. She has not been able to see them. They've not been able to see her. She is going to be more than one years old before she meets her cousins. That's tough. Like th this is the realities of some of this stuff. It's difficult. It's a challenge. I get that. But let's look at the silver linings. Let's take the positives. Let's, let's just make the world the place that we've wanted it to be this whole time because we've never had a better opportunity than right now. Mm-hmm totally agree and i think like like you said there like people should go and have that sort of downtime as well but when they look back at it you're going to go what did i do during that time did i 
reconnect with my family did I reassess why I wasn't happy with work did I work 10% on my health did I is, is my voice going a bit funny I heard the connection go a little bit suddenly no, 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 you sound fine <laughs> okay cool it's just on my end but yeah like how how are you going to get 10% better in all aspects of your life you can as I say reconnect with family you can pursue something for these three months like you can sleep you can catch up on those times you can pamper yourself you can eat well you can do all these things right now like i even said to lisa i was like we've cleaned every cupboard in our house like we've reorganized every cupboard in our house right <laughs> we've but, done the same but <laughs> but the analogy the analogy of that like i was saying to her how long do you generally think this would have took us if we were still working like to do all what we've done yeah weeks. and i was said i said we probably wouldn't have done it not even weeks like it been. Mm-hmm. i mean in terms of like having the mindset to go oh i'll tidy that probably yeah. over a year or two yeah when you come home from work, when you're busy, when you're doing stuff and someone goes, oh, do you want to reorganize the sink, the cupboard under the sink? I'm like, right now, you should have that mindset for your mind. Your mind is the cupboard under the sink. Yeah. And it's like, why don't I actually put some time into my self-development? Why don't I think about why I don't like my job? Why don't I think about the uh, creative thing I want to pursue? And I feel like this is the time to do that work. And mm. I feel like there will be the people that go when they go back. If someone said, I said this to Lisa, as well, I was like, if someone said to you tomorrow, you've got to go back to work. Would you be happy with how you spent your isolation time? That's such a good question to ask. Because the feeling people get in their heart is there's a sink in your stomach that goes, Ugh, going back to work. Like it feels painful. Yeah. But then I'll go, well now when it comes three months down the line, and you've been in work for three months and you look back, you'll go, Oh man, could you imagine if I just did blah, 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 why I had that three months off? Could you imagine if I just did this? Could yeah. you imagine what kind of shape I would be if I just went for a jog every couple of days? Could you imagine, like, people will look back. This is a such a unique time. And I feel like you're going to be like, you'll never get that again in your life unless obviously something does happen like that again. But I just think you've got to embrace this time. Like I said to you, I've had this, obviously I'm two shops down. That's two headaches down. Yeah. And my brain goes, okay, now let's switch on some creativity. Let's work on some new things. My, I'm going for runs more often. And so my brain's starting to like reboot and that creativity is flowing back and I'm starting to have ideas again. I'm not thinking about shit. Is that fryer going to work in that shop? I'm, I'm thinking I've got time to think I've got time to learn. I'm, Mm. I'm reading, I'm doing online courses. I'm trying to do as many of these uh, Zoom business uh, weekly catch-ups that people are doing. It's just a way of reconnecting, refreshing my brain. And like you say, that, that I think that's the best analogy. Just for a minute, you've just took your foot off the treadmill. The treadmill is mm. just running the side, but you're off it. And so you've got a lot of time for yourself. And I feel like really just use that to better yourself and do those things that you really want to do. Yeah, the the world has been forced to give uh, people space, um, space that actually the capitalist society is not designed to do. Um, the capitalist society works, it benefits from people being stuck on that treadmill um, for the vast majority of people. And so the fact that you don't, you're not on that is just an opportunity that, as you say, like if you look back on this in four or five years time and you say, I had three months where I was told I wasn't given the option. I was told not to go to work. 
and the government supported me and paid me a, a basic income, which, yes, might have provided some financial difficulties and things. But equally, the government paid me to not go to work because they were desperate for me not to go to not because not because I'm a bum, but because the government were desperate for me not to go to work to the point that they paid the vast majority of my living costs. And if you look back at that in five years time and you go, and I sat and watched Netflix, <laughs> like, I think you are going to look back with so much regret. Like I was having a conversation, very candid conversation with my client yesterday and saying, look, I actually, I was said to her, I was like, I actually am concerned that I'm going to look back at all of this um, and think I spent this opportunity working for you because I'm, 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 things are ticking over as normal, Mm -hmm. but my work for you is not the ambition I have in life. And I have this time right now where I am giving up the opportunity of a lifetime to improve and build towards my ambitions so that I can work for you. Mm. I'm giving up that opportunity. (laughs) I'm working for you. Well, they, I mean, she was, um, she was kind of thinking the same thing as well. She's saying like, I think I'm, I'm worried that I've never had an opportunity like this before. And Mm. I'm ticking over as normal for my clients because she has clients. And so she kind of feels the same way as I do. She's got ambitions outside of, of the kind of treadmill work that she does. Um, and and so, it, but equally, we're very, very grateful for the fact that things are ticking over as normal for us. Um, but I don't want to look back at things with regret. Um, I mean, thankfully, I'm, I'm managing to spend a lot of time with my family. I'm having a lot of family time, which I otherwise probably wouldn't get. So I'm kind of, you know, easing myself, <laughs> making me feel less guilty with that side of things. But equally, I'm like, I've equally got an opportunity to set up a future here and I don't want to let it go to waste. So how am I going to spend that time? And I'm still sussing that out. I think that's a good place to uh, probably wrap things up. I just wanted I to ask so. one last question, Wayne. Are you, are yeah. you optimistic during this time or are you or is doomsday coming? Um, I'm incredibly optimistic, uh, actually. Um, I heard somebody say um, the story, I think it was James McAvoy. He was having a conversation with an actor friend of his and uh, he said, well, how are you feeling during all of this? Like the industry's shut down. Like, how are you feeling? (laughs) And uh, this actor guy said to him, well, actually I feel great because I have exactly the same opportunities as Benedict Cumberbatch does right now. (laughs) (laughs) And I think that's a great way to, to look at it. You know, like everybody's in the same boat pretty much. Um, the oncoming storm is going to be difficult financially. I think we're, we're currently riding the social difficulty. Like I think from a social point, it's not going to get worse than it is right now in terms of human connection. I think the healthcare system, I don't know what's going to go on with like the NHS and things, but from a social perspective, not people's health from a social perspective, and people's mental health, this is probably going to be as hard as it's going to be, economics aside. Um, 
And I think once we come out of that side of things, once things start to ease on the social side, I think the world is going to be a better place. I think people are going to be more human. I think people are going to care for each other better. I don't think people are going to take people for granted. I think empathy is going to return. Um, it's long been missing from at least the UK and particularly London is long been missing uh, for several years. And I think we're going to see that return. Um, and then the financial storm's going to hit. And I think it's going to be really, really difficult. But you know what? We've managed it before. And I think if people are pragmatic and people, you know, people, the people with, with CEO in their Instagram bios, um, when they're a self-employed individual, um, I think you need to reassess and I think you need to think about things and, and not be so naive and gung ho and actually let's start thinking practically now. And I think, we're going to see we're going to see the fraudsters that have really fed off of a very strong economy over the last 5 or 6 years we're going to see those people shut up we're going to see the snake oil salesmen disappear into the darkness hopefully never to return and i think we're going to see the people that are really making an impact the social enterprises of this world i think we're going to see them thrive I am so optimistic for how we are going to come out of this. I really, really am. I, I think the world is going to be a much better place. There isn't going to be a battle between um, the millennials and the elderly anymore. I think the elderly are going to go, actually, millennials, you had some of it right. And the millennials are going to say to the elderly, actually, you guys had a lot of it right. And this digital world that, that, that has been demonized for the last five years is going to be embraced by everyone finally and i think once we get that massive um friction out of society i think that's when things can really really thrive it's going to be hard in the short term but i think i'm so so optimistic for how we're going to come out of this how do you how do you feel about it all i don't i don't think i could sum up that i feel like you smashed it there with those points and i think i think what you said for me which just resonated was just the fact that the the real people the people that earned their spot and deserve their spot will flourish and i feel like like you say the fluff the the extra like it's not that's where we'll fall apart the average the mediocre and i feel like that's what matters if you're moving in the right direction and you're doing the right thing and you earn your spot i feel that's the people that are going to flourish and that's the way you want society to move yeah. and for me it's just like you say i feel like um, as a business we've had some great years and we've never felt a proper hard challenge we've been growing year on year and i feel like just personally for me it's just a great opportunity to challenge myself like do i adapt do we survive and i feel like for me that's i'm in some ways it's like a sick excitement it's that same yeah. thing of like me going to the gym and going like i'm gonna batter myself in the gym for an hour it's that kind of like i like that sort of challenge in some way like i want to when people are closing up i want to expand and i feel like mm -hmm. for me that's that's my personal challenge but i feel like you really did smash it and summed it up in general about where where I think things will go. And I think that's a really positive take and I'm, I'm optimistic too. And I'm just kind of excited in a way. It's like a scared excitement. Yeah. But um, overall I feel, I feel positive about it. Cool. Um, so let's wrap it up there. It's been a long time since I done a wrap up gem. So <laughs> I don't know how this is going to go. Um, God knows when we're next going to do another episode. I think me, 
me and you need to have a chat about that gem at some point um god knows when if we're going to do another episode um it feels like a very appropriate time for us to be recording podcasts i think there's a lot of stuff in that episode that we've just recorded where we really could uh, open up more um so what i will say is what i said earlier is now is probably there's no better time i think now to to listen through our back catalog um just go onto the website palvinonsense.com have a look at all of the old episodes there's over a hundred is it over a hundred over 200 is it over 200 200 yeah god uh so there's <laughs> loads it's very <laughs> close to 200 if it's not more than 200 let's call it there's 200 episodes that you can uh listen to covering all sorts of stuff as we've said a lot of stuff that we've been talking about for years some of this will be very appropriate now um so just go back and listen to things listen to the minimal viable living episode that we did we go into a lot of detail about that um and just listen listen to the back catalogue you don't even need to tell us that you've done it but i just think it'd be really really helpful and anything that you do find that's helpful um just share it with people that's all we'll ask for at this point because i was i was going to say as well like when i was on my run this morning i was thinking like it would be nice if there are if people listen and you're in a, in a position right now where you're not too sure and obviously you've been someone who's listened to us and this podcast pops back up and it reminds you of us if you send us an email i know I'm happy to do it. And maybe Wayne will be happy to do it. If we get enough people to send us an email and say, look, can we jump on a Zoom call? And it's like five or 10 of us on a Zoom call. And you can just ping your questions at us and just get our opinions on where, because as I said to Wayne on the call today, like there's so many different personal scenarios that people are Mm. going through and we'd be happy to help. And it might be a way that we can create a, a, a recorded podcast where we actually have people people's like questions and, and opinions and we can answer back and so that maybe those people will cover many bases that other people of, of positions people are currently in so if that's something you guys do want to do ping us an email gem at powerfulnonsense.com that's c-e-m or wayne at powerfulnonsense.com and um, if we get enough people i'm happy to do it maybe wayne's yeah, happy to definitely, do it definitely definitely and i just think it might be a call we'll just do like a hour call q a and you guys can ping your questions at us and we'll record it and we'll put that out as well yeah i think that's an excellent idea so yeah drops an email the emails again gem at powerful nonsense.com c-e-m or wayne at powerful nonsense.com i'm going to spell my name as well gem just because you know I want to. w-a-y-n-e <laughs> and maybe put in the subject like I'm in for like the <laughs> Q and A. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, awesome. Um, right. Well, uh, yeah, we'll wrap up there. Uh, thank you very much for listening guys. I hope it's been valuable, useful. I know there's a lot of content like this out there. So thank you for giving up this uh, hour to listen to us. Even if, if you're mowing the lawn, tidying out your cupboards or whatever it is that you're doing. Uh, we really do appreciate your ears in this crazy, crazy time that we're in. Um, so that is it from us for now. Um, Thank you very much for listening and we will catch you next time see you later